Welcome to Running Poles. I'm Naren Angus. And I'm T. Statman. If Coach ever heard what we were actually thinking. Or drinking. We would definitely be running. Leave the bath in Stillwater. Carrie Everly just threw her first <laughs> career no-hitter. This is a hustle flight right here by Statman. And she gets in just under the tag. She drove that ball out deep to left center, and we've got a brand new ball game. Statman just not pulling the trigger on that. Looks like it could have been slightly low. And with two strikes, that's one you have to protect on. Today's guest is a production coordinator for the NFL Network, statistician for Fox Sports Regional MLB broadcasts, and a mega Oregon Ducks fan. Boo. And should be the next spokesperson for White Claw. Let's welcome Hal Wenlinger to the show. Hey, that was pretty Cheers, good. man. Um, can I use that for my Tinder bio? That was excellent. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. Right, I'd well. swipe right. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. That's what friends are for. How are y'all doing? We're doing, good. Doing great. How are you? Pretty excited. Got a, got a white claw on deck. I mean, you are the next spokesperson, so I would expect nothing less of you. That's true. That's true. Are you drinking it out of a tumbler that has your name on it? Uh, I'm not, sadly, but I am going to add some Mad Dog because I invented my new thing, Dog Claw 2020. Um, half Mad Dog, half White Claw. It's terrible for your liver, but it's okay to drink. So, <laughs> What flavor of Mad Dog? Uh, we've got some Dragon Fruit Mad Dog. And we've got some ruby grapefruit, white claw. So pretty elite combo. Is this a daily thing for you right now? No comment. Or is this just a Cinco de Mayo thing? You know, I would like to celebrate the Mexican heritage of white claw, but I don't know if that's there. So we'll say, we'll say it's Cinco de Mayo. See, what's your Cinco de Mayo celebration like? I have a pink apple rosé Smirnoff spiked sparkling seltzer. The triple S, or it's actually a quadruple S, Smirnoff Spike Sparkling Speltzer, Seltzer. Smirnoff, I'm, a, I'm slightly disappointed right now. No, but it's so good. It's way better. It tastes better than White Claw. I'm sorry, Whoa. but it tastes better than White Claw. I actually, you know, not to get into a beef right away, but you guys were drinking Trulies the first episode, and I've kind of got an issue with that. Um, I was kind of hoping you would start off on the right foot with some White Claw. I would drink margaritas on Cinco de Mayo, not spiked seltzer, <laughs> but I will say I don't drink regular margs. I tend to go strawberry, so it's kind of, it's not exactly traditional, I think, but on the rocks, you know, I don't do the frozen margs. No way. I don't like tequila, so margs are a no-go. What? It's all bad. Okay, so here's here's a secret to tequila. Even if you don't if you don't like margaritas, okay, that's fine. But I was taught a trick by a good friend of mine that, that when you shoot tequila, instead of using salt and lime, you have an orange slice. So and it only works with silver. You can't. I I like silver tequila. So uh, you shoot it and then you eat the orange, and it's a game changer. I promise you will not be disappointed. I don't take shots. It's just not a thing I do. How? I no. know you do. I mean, I do, but I just don't feel like any quality alcohol would need to be masked by like an orange. 
I feel like if it's good enough, you don't need to hide it with other flavor. So, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm someone who drinks Jägermeister, so I'm not really like the person who is the authority on good tasting shots. While we're talking about shots, though, I think we should talk about the NFL draft because last year was in Nashville. Oh, boy. How experienced that firsthand. And the NFL draft recently happened for 2020. Unfortunately, it was not in Las Vegas where there could have been more shots. But it was virtual, so you could shoot while you were watching, I guess. I don't know how it all works, but how uh, talk about your experience so far with the NFL draft and how it kind of changed this year. For sure. Um, well, last year in Nashville was absolutely the best time of my entire life. Uh, getting off work and being on Broadway was just a mess. Um, I probably slept a combined 10 hours the whole trip. Hopefully no one I'm employed by is listening to this. But yeah, I mean, being in Nashville, the way the city just welcomed the NFL in, it was a really just it was a party and everyone there had the same goal and it was just to watch their team have a future this year sitting in a garage watching it on a projector um still drinking the shots just didn't have the same magic and uh, i know that for those of us who actually have been to the draft it's such a unique experience and i just i feel bad for the city of vegas but Thankfully, you know, 2021 or 2022, um, they're going to reschedule it after Cleveland. So I think it's going to be incredible. And I like the idea of what they were going to do with the Bellagio Fountains. Right. the players go out to the center. I wanted to see Gronk or somebody crazy driving the boat. I was ready for something. Maybe the boat capsizing at one point. Who knows? I can see that happen, especially if Gronk gets involved. Um, but yeah, no, it's just a shame. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of tragedy going on and a lot of really great events were canceled. We're talking about, you know, as you all know, a lot of senior seasons cut short. So not just, you know, with the NFL, which thankfully, you know, all these NCAA players uh, in football at least get to finish their season. But when we're talking spring sports, like none of these, none of these athletes got to, to advance on. So, I don't know. It was a, it was difficult to watch at home. I wish, I, I wish I was there. But I think they did pretty good for a large Zoom meeting. We got to see the inside of a lot of coaches' houses, and I know that Cliff Kingsbury broke the internet. Absolutely. That was impressive. I don't – I have no words. What did but. he do? Can you explain? <laughs> You can't just say names here. He looks like Ryan Gosling. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably he's, – he's one of the more attractive coaches in the NFL, but I hands down believe that Mike Vrabel is the most attractive NFL head coach. And he also broke the internet with his Zoom meeting and his kids spread out all over his living room. Oh, he and, yeah. I thought you'd be a Sean McVay fan. His voice is a, a little, handsome coach. His, his voice is a little too high for me. You just have to look at him. You don't have to talk to him. How old is he? Kingsbury? Yeah. 30s. Yeah. 30s? He's like the youngest NFL coach, right? Or Sean McVay is, right? And then mm-hmm. Kingsbury. 
I like the coach that had the dog just sitting at the computer. Bill Belichick. I always feel like he's up to something. So I don't know if that dog is like a spy, but I feel like there's definitely something afoot. Who knows? But I liked watching post-draft when the internet kind of found the little clips of the players and their families of like girlfriends. Um, There was one guy who had two phones and the girlfriend tried to take one phone and then he took it back and like gave her the meanest side eye. And everyone was like crapping on her on the internet. Like people are so mean about these girlfriends because they're like, oh, she'll be gone by next month. Like so rude. I did, yeah. There was some good power rankings. People on Twitter like chopped up all the most awkward girlfriend moments and made it into a playlist. Uh, yeah, that was that was one thing that was kind of strange about watching it. And I don't know if you both noticed, but it seemed like every single player that was drafted, they had experienced some terrible personal tragedy in their life. Every, yeah. I mean, they were talking about like players, drug addiction uh, with their parents. One guy's brother got hit by lightning after his dad had like a stroke I mean it was just every single player there was something terrible attached to them and I feel like in a moment like this where maybe you know you should be celebrating the player a little more obviously these tragedies shape the players and motivate them into who they are today but I feel like in this kind of moment it would be better to be more celebratory like there's not enough negativity going on in the world yeah, that's the one thing about the NFL draft, though, that um, I've always loved is the reaction from the players, because a lot of these players don't come from a lot. So the moment that their name is called and the moment that their phone rings, their life is changed. And they've worked their ass off to get that phone call. And I feel like when you compare that draft in those moments to some of the other drafts, uh, there's just there's really no comparison. I think the NFL draft just, it's special in its own way. And I don't think it'll ever be matched. Absolutely. And there's a unique connection because the players you see drafted now, you know, are going to be on the field next year. Whereas in baseball, a player gets picked and you won't see them for three to four years. So there is that immediate connection, especially with the first rounders. And yeah, like you said, the, the family reactions and just the overwhelming wave that hits them after they realize like their life has changed forever and their goal to be a professional athlete has been reached I think it's yeah like you said it's amazing but you also have to give a shout out to the guy who was picked last it was Tay Crowder and I didn't know that there was a an award for this it's real it's called Mr. Irrelevant and they do this entire week-long celebration that raises money and he gets to go to Disneyland and he gets like a boat and goes on all these trips because he was picked last in the draft in the draft in the draft yeah that's always a really cool thing and sometimes those guys don't even crack the roster but yeah they they do get their week and be celebrated and I feel like I'm not I'm not sure which company does that maybe it's I want to say Snickers does something for them and yeah, Mr. Irrelevant. That's kind of fun. Like it, like you don't want to be picked like second to last. Like if you're going to get picked in some of the last rounds, you might as well be last because at least there's something that comes with it. Absolutely. Were there any surprises for you this year in the draft, Hal? Um, yeah, honestly, there was two teams that really stood out for me. The Packers not just refusing 
to help Aaron Rodgers and going first round with a quarterback, going second round with a backup running back. This man in his entire career has only thrown a touchdown once to a first round draft pick. They refused to help him, and uh, I can't believe that they didn't tool up. But the Packers do that. You know, Aaron Rodgers was picked. Wal Favre was a very confident quarterback, and they sat him there. So I think Jordan Love's kind of going to be on that same path. Um, the other team that was a little surprising to me was the Eagles, having Jalen Hurts picked in the second round. Uh, it's another situation where you have a young, controlled quarterback for the next few years. And I kind of see that. You know, maybe they're going to try to groom him and run some gimmick plays, maybe two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. Um, but, yeah, those two teams, as far as their drafting strategy, was very shocking to me. The, when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, it, they became the final team to draft an Alabama player coached by Nick Saban. So now every team in the NFL has drafted a Nick Saban-era Crimson Tide football player. Wow. I didn't know and, that. Right? So we've got Alabama players being drafted any, by everyone all the time. And then you have T's alma mater. Arizona. Who can't, who can't <laughs> seem to get a player drafted. In two years. And the weirdest thing about that is Khalil Tate was our QB the past couple years. And the Eagles signed him. But not as a quarterback, but as a wide receiver. That's... I don't know. But good for him. He's going to go to the league. We'll see how he does. That's another interesting thing about the Eagles. So you bring in Khalil Tate, who obviously had a, at times, successful career at Arizona as a quarterback. Um, But I could see him in a Julian Edelman-esque role in that offense. Doug Peterson's very creative. So... Having a wide receiver who can catch the ball, you know, if you have a backwards lateral and then you can also throw the ball. Edelman did the same thing. He was a college quarterback. Um, One of their other top wide receivers, Greg Ward, he was also a quarterback in college. You add Jalen Hurts to that mix. I mean, these are three players who aren't starting quarterbacks who can throw the ball. So there's a lot of room in that offense to get creative. So I do like the Khalil Tate, the Philadelphia move for sure. And then for me, living in Nashville, I think the, the two things that stood out to me from the draft were, the, uh, were Jared Pinckney and Kalijah Lipscomb not being drafted. A year ago, we were talking about Jared Pinckney being a first-round draft pick. And at that time, Pinckney, Lipscomb, and Keyshawn Vaughn all announced that they were returning to Vanderbilt for their senior years. And we thought, man, Vanderbilt's going to have – potentially two first round draft picks and then Lipscomb would probably go in the second or third round and then did not see Pinckney or Lipscomb drafted. And then you had Keyshawn Vaughn as the only one drafted to the Bucks of all places, which is awesome for him. It shocked me. I think it shocked a lot of people. And then the fact that Kyle Shermer signed at, he was a UDFA last year and he signed quietly with the Chiefs. And we're sitting here waiting to see possibly two of the best players in the SEC not get dropped. Yeah. So the interesting thing about the Chiefs is they gave Lipscomb a guaranteed deal. Um, so he's going to be on that roster next year, which is awesome. Um, Pigney had one of the worst 
combines of anyone. He had ran the slowest 40 of all the tight ends. So I can kind of see where that draft stock slid. Um, he did end up getting a deal with the Falcons. It'll be interesting to see if he cracks the roster. Um, but yeah, those are two players that, like you said, a year ago, you could almost book them uh, in the draft in the first two days and then one bad year and everything kind of slides. What does that say? Is that That's not really on the players, is it? Is it on the, the coaches and the scheme that they're running and the, the how they run their offense? Or is that on the players for not being ready for the combine? I mean, as far as the combine goes, that's a very personal thing. So that's uh, that's how are you training? What are you doing in your off season? You know, once the season ends, are you taking a break? Are you, you know, are you sticking with the grind? Are you going to continue to be the same athlete that you were, you know, when the season ended? So uh, as far as the on-field stuff, you know, you've seen a player go from one school to another, have the same skill set and exceed in one area and another school, you know, he was third on the depth chart. So that's one of those things where the on-field performance, which definitely contributed to a little bit of their draft hit, um, I would put more on the coaching. But as far as the combine goes, if you're, you know, if you're not ready to show up mentally or physically, you know, these teams know that and that those sort of skills don't really translate well to the NFL if you're not focused and ready. T's dancing right now. I am dancing because I don't know a lot about the NFL. I grew up in the nosebleeds of Qualcomm Stadium for both Padres and Chargers games, and I tried to learn the sport of football every year since I was a baby. And, you know, I just can't, I just can't get into it. Like, it's a bunch of guys hitting each other, and, like, I know what a touchdown is. I know when stuff is happening, but I just can't get into the specifics. So would you claim to be a Chargers fan still, even with the move to L.A.? I feel like I have, like, this weird loyalty to the Chargers, even though they're the L.A. Chargers, and I'm really sad that they moved there because why does L.A. need, like, 100 sports teams? But, yes, I do like the Chargers. I love the new uniforms. Yeah, I have this weird allegiance to them, them and the Cardinals, especially because I live here. But I try to root for the team in the city that I live in. Fair enough. Okay, so while you're on the, the topic of L.A. and sports teams and uniforms, um, the Chargers uniforms look great. However, I am still very bitter about the Rams' new logo. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was a Terrible. Chargers logo at first, and I agree. I was reading the article and I was very confused when they were talking about the Rams because I thought it was a new Chargers logo or something of that nature. It's it's fucking disgusting. Like I'm I'm like I'm looking at it and. Um, what was wrong with the old one? I think they're trying to distance themselves from St. Louis. And I feel like any elements of the past uniform, they kind of want to cut ties. And especially first year, new stadium, they just want to start fresh, even though it looks terrible. The colors are the same as the Chargers, which kind of throws the whole thing off. And then mm -hmm. it kind of looks like weird crescent moon thunderbolts. It also kind of has a hidden penis in it, if you look Where? closely. Let's, I got to... I don't know if I've seen the hidden penis. Where is this? Oh, <laughs> I, like where the nose is? Uh, like, yeah, the, it, the way that the ram's head is set up, like, it, yeah. Is the whole thing a penis or just? I feel like there's multiple penises where, like, the nose is and then the whole head could be a penis if you think hard enough. That's kind of like the saying, any zoo could be a petting zoo if you want it to be. 
any logo could be a penis if you truly want it to be. So that's true. I'm not that's seeing true. the penis in this Rams logo though. Um, I see the, it's the nose. Like look at where the horn oh, okay. connects with yep. the nose okay. and the eyes. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> it's like the FedEx logo. Like once you see the arrow, you'll never not see the arrow. Now I will only see the penis for the rest of my life. And you're, you're welcome. That's Until great. Considering I live in LA it. now. Yeah, that's awesome. Until they change it, but. You know, maybe maybe they wanted to be the same colors as the Chargers so that when they have to switch out at the stadium, they have to switch out the, the field and everything, they can keep the same colors. Oh, they're in the same st- – what's the point in having two teams if you're going to be in the same stadium? I don't get it. Leave them in San Diego. The South Californians need a team. L.A. already has, like, ten universities with a football team. Now this, I'm upset. Have some spike seltzer. It'll be okay. It's just as bad as the Angels trying to be an LA team when they are not. They're in Anaheim. It's not LA. Correct. It's Orange County, not LA County. And they're considering a move to Long Beach, too. So I wonder what you become the Los Angeles Angels of Long Beach at that point. Long Beach is even further away from LA. Uh, yeah, but I doubt they're going to get rid of that L.A. after they fought so hard to get it and the embarrassment. I do like the Dodgers shade them by not, you know, when you have, like, the out-of-town scoreboards, the Dodgers refuse to put the Angels as, like, yeah. L.A.A. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's petty. I respect it. They're still Anaheim at Dodger Stadium. It's fantastic. It's awesome. As a Dodger fan, I applaud. I applaud how we treat them. So, the WNBA draft. It was a virtual draft, just like every other draft right now. And it had the second highest audience on ESPN, the most in 16 years when Diana Taurasi was drafted in 2004 to the Phoenix Mercury. Whoop, whoop. It averaged 387,000 viewers for this WNBA draft. It was awesome. Sabrina from Oregon with Inesco. Did I say it right? You guys are all Not quite, but we're just going to... Sabrina I mm. from Oregon she was the number one pick to the New York Liberty and she's kind of starting a new dynasty for Nike so she signed a multi-year endorsement that makes her WNBA salary look very very little and it was the biggest in women's pro basketball history and it's definitely going to springboard her career and they're not going to let her disappear like a majority of the WNBA players how yeah, no, I mean... As as Sabrina. an Oregon Duck fanatic, yeah. how do you feel about Sabrina? I love her. I mean, I'm such a big fan of her drive on the court. Um, I love what she does off the court. She's just composed at all times. She The moment is never too big for her. That's why, again, it's just so tragic that she didn't have a chance, you know, to play in the tournament this year. Obviously, they won the Pac-12 because it's Oregon. And that's what they do. They win the Pac-12, as you know, T. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's quite sad. But if you look at it, Oregon went one and two in the draft. Tatu Sabali uh, was the second pick. Um, they had the eighth overall pick as well. So I'm feeling I'm feeling like Oregon basketball was robbed of a national title by COVID-19. So the next time I see COVID-19, I'm going to have a real issue with it. Um, um, it's hands on site. It costs Oregon a national championship, in my opinion. 
the cool thing about Sabrina was that her jerseys sold out online in a matter of hours. My question is, how did you get one? Oh, of course. I got two. <laughs> you got two. I got two. One in each color? Uh, I just got the like the mint green one, which is a great color, by the way. It is. I love the Liberties rebranding, by the way. I think it is fantastic to go with the, the green and black. It's awesome. Um, Sabrina and green, it's, uh, it's a great combo. It's a proven winner. Wow, our phone lines are off the hook right now. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. ring. We have Wilfred from Tampa, Florida. Hi, honey. I was calling because I'm having some technical issues with my phone. And uh, I was just hoping that you could help me uh, make a phone call to your mother. Yeah, just give me her number and we could type it in the phone. Yeah, but honey, 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 what you don't understand is I can't do two calls at once, okay? It's kind of difficult, you know. It's your tati. I really, you know, I'm really bad with technology. So uh, can you just uh, pick up the phone and call her for me, say I love her, and uh, have a good rest of your day? I can, I'll do just that. What? God, your grandmother, she can't hear anymore. I need to turn up her hearing aid. It's ridiculous. I asked for some meatballs for dinner, and she just put her freaking dog on the grill. I don't understand. What are you doing? <laughs> well, um, I think, I think you should figure God, that out. She needs that. What is she doing? I don't understand. God. Why is she putting my shoe outside? Ugh. What are you doing? Crying out loud. I need to take care of this. She needs a good spanking. So, honey, I love you, okay? Bye. <laughs> God damn it, get on the line. All right, now it's time for the kvetching corner. Welcome to the Kvetching Corner. I could kvetch about anything. What do you want me to kvetch about? Uh, TikTok. I hate it. I hate it. It's the worst. The only good TikTok came from Kesha. Um, I'll be a Vine guy till the day I die. And I think TikTok sucks. And even though certain Oregon softball players love it and have built a big following on it, I hate it. It's the worst. It's just, it's a rabbit hole. You watch one video and then it gives you another one and another one and then you're sucked in for two hours. Well, I don't understand how people take these videos. Like, they're actually doing their hair and their makeup and everything. And it, so they're literally taking a video for hours. Yeah. And then, they clip it together for 15 seconds. Yeah. That's absolutely ridiculous. That's so stupid. Do you have so many other things that you can do with your time? Some people make money, but most probably don't. And the algorithms are so random and supposedly TikTok would filter out people who had messy backgrounds and other things. Oh, I have a little cousin who makes money off TikTok. When I say little cousin, I think she's like 14 and she's got like 
I forget how many hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok. And I bet you she gets a bunch of gross comments from. Oh, absolutely. Which is disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. So, you know what? Um, Even though I have tried to download it and I've tried to figure it out, uh, I deleted it. And uh, yeah, no, you cannot, you will not find me trying to make a TikTok. It's gross to me that these 15-year-old, 13-year-old, 12, whatever, however-year-old girls look like they're in their 20s and it weirds me out. And the way people comment is disgusting. Also, I think all 14-year-olds should be forced to use MySpace like we had to. I don't feel like they should just be able to skip straight to TikTok. MySpace was where it's at. I didn't have a MySpace. I was... You didn't have a MySpace? I'm a Gen Zer. I had Facebook. MySpace was already gone by the time I got to the internet. MySpace was awesome when you had your top eight and you would put like your crushes in your top eight. What? Even you always knew where you stood though. Your friends like nowadays everyone's like, oh, this is my best friend. Really? Put me in your top eight then. Let's see Put me in your top eight. So now for those listening, um, Hal and I are really good friends. We go way back. Like way back. How tells a great story of how we met. (laughs) How I met Marin was at an Arizona Fall League game at Phoenix Municipal Stadium. And I want to say the year was like 2011. And we were sitting by each other through a mutual friend. Um, And she was just quite possibly one of the rudest, mean people I've ever encountered in my life. Um, I I went home and my dad, you know, I'm, I'm an adult man at this point. And my dad had to console me due to how mean she was. I was just like, man, people are out there just mean. Um, But eventually, after a few games sitting together, I think she realized that I was not not an evil person. And uh, she finally came around. And then somehow we became good friends. And I I know we went to some spring training games together. Uh, We were both in Arizona at the time. So there was a lot of Diamondback games and just going to the games early, watching batting practice, uh, watching her chase around Andre Ethier. That's, uh, that's kind of how I met. And then it kind of evolved, uh, eventually became very good friends with her brother. I would say I might like her brother more than I like her now. Um, but yeah, no, the Angus family is, is always been good to me. And uh, I've loved watching her evolve through her various media careers. You know, she was doing stuff uh, with MLB, she obviously we don't say the name of the other company, but she started that um, and really gave it a, a solid, you know, base that it's still continuing today, even though she's not there anymore. So, you know, whatever whatever project she worked on, I'm definitely supportive of, and I'm glad that you guys have been able to come together and create this podcast. And I think that like the two of you are going to be able to do some some awesome things especially with your your contacts and within softball and not only that just in media in general you're so nice i know she's crying look at her you can't see her but look at her it's terrible people you should see it if anyone wants to see it i can uh, send you a screenshot um t before we go uh is it true is it true that you had an offer from oregon it was kind of like one of those phone call, like, I didn't take a trip there, but I did talk to them on the phone. Was that like with Mike White? Or? I, yes, I believe so. Back in the day when I was in uh, like 14 years old. See, this whole thing could have gone a lot 
differently. I mean, I, I could have been a fan of yours from eight years ago, but instead, you know, I have to be a bandwagon running pulled podcast fan. Sometimes I think about it, how, how much like Instagram fame I would have if I went to Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm really happy with the decision that I made to go to Arizona. That is for sure. Fair enough. While we're talking about this Instagram fame in Oregon and TikTok fame in Oregon, can we can we just for a second talk about it hurts me because i tried like so hard to make a viral video and then this girl just posted a video of her dancing and i was like she's really pretty and like whatever Are you talking about Haley? is this what this is yes okay and jazz oh like i'm just like why can't i guess i'm just not cool enough I've, I've just accepted my fate that i will never be six feet tall and a supermodel but it's fine well I, it was brought to my attention recently that there's a study about the top like 25 most marketable NCAA athletes that could make money off of their likeness. And both of them are in the top 12. So we're saying in the entire NCAA that Haley Cruz and Jazz Sievers are two of the most marketable athletes of any sport in the NCAA. That doesn't surprise me. At all, yeah. Like uh, uh, that to me is amazing. Number one is that two softball players are in the top twelve, and that they beat out football players and basketball players from. Now, I would like to ask you objectively: like, wouldn't you? Obviously, there's factors that are contributing to how they're popular. Uh, Would you wish it was more performance based on the field for the reason that they're so marketable? Or what, like, what, are your, what is your take on it? I don't care. I really think as long as they're bringing awareness to the sport, it doesn't matter. For sure. It just doesn't matter. Because performance, ba- like, you, you need to be able to grab people into the sport. And people like Jazz and Haley are bringing people into the sport to want to watch it on ESPN. And then when people are already grabbed in, you wind up watching two, three softball games on ESPN because they're played back to back. And you don't even realize it. Right. So sometimes you need the those type of people to just grab people in. Definitely. I agree with that because um, I think if those two, and with Haley being a senior, uh, I don't think she hasn't made her mind up as we're recording this if she's returning to Oregon or not. But if she did decide that she wanted to be a professional softball player, I think having someone like her that has the following would only help the pro league, regardless of if her skill level is ready for the pro league. People will just want to water and be a fan of her. And I think that's important because that is what the pro league is lacking. They're lacking a face that has a fan base that stretches beyond their school program. And she has that. She's got a fan base that, is larger than life and another like way you could spin off of that if even if she does decide to return to oregon you know she's still gonna have that that instagram tiktok following and the second she becomes you know no longer she's no longer an ncaa athlete you can monetize that following Um, and there's a lot of money to be made in social media influencing and she's already got a you know a very strong base so I can see that kind of being a direction, even if she does go the pro status. I mean, she could have some legit sponsors 
Oh yeah. And not even, and not just, uh, like a Nike sponsorship or anything like that. Like we're talking some big time sponsors Maybe that, aren't, that, pr- that probably aren't even involved with women's softball like right now. Bumble or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or dog Claw 2020. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, give us your, all your social media handles for all of your fans. Oh, wow. Your now fans that you have. Uh, I have so many fans. So let's just focus on Instagram. If you're trying to drink Mad Dog 2020, it is Mad Dog 2020. If you want to follow, that's real. Uh, yeah, I just started it. I'm not even kidding. It's an actual dog claw. You called it Mad Dog. It's oh, dog claw. I don't even know my own company yet. That's how. Well, <laughs> no, I have had a, like a big tumbler of it. It's so good you forget the name of what you're having. Uh, yeah, Dog Claw 2020 is uh, the drink account. If you want to follow me, Hal, H-A-L, question mark, spell it out. Uh, yeah, be happy to argue sports with anyone on the internet blindly. Um, but I appreciate you both for starting this podcast. It's a great forum for a lot of people who are interested in softball and other relevant sports things happening right now. Especially now, there's such a lull with live sports. I think you guys are doing a great job. And yeah, no, I really appreciate you having me. And I hope uh, hope you'll have me back sometime in the future. Awesome. Give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the Running Pulse podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a, a comment or rating or rating comment. Comment and say that we're good so people will know that we have five stars. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Running Pulls Pod and on our website at runningpullspodcast.com. Actually, let's have Hal correct us. Uh, I'm going to let the line out. I'm going to just see what happens here. <laughs> Between okay, well, my last name and Sabrina's last name, I want to see what comes of this. Ionescu. 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 Whatever. UNESCO? UNESCO. Is this an outtake in the making? It, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I love it. I'm over it. How do you say Wend- it? Wendlinger. UNESCO? Uni- UNESCO? 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 Ionesco? What is it? <laughs> just, call her, just call her Sabrina. It'll be okay. Dog claw. It's going to bottle it? Uh, Maybe. Maybe. I, I'm trying to work out a sponsorship with you first to see if you guys could be, you know, maybe the official drink of the show. Yes, we would love that. Okay. Does that require me? I just like Venmo you guys money to drink Dog Claw in the show? Mm-hmm. All right, done. <laughs> I mean, we'll you should up. give us We'll give set up us a Venmo drink. account. Give us a drink. <laughs> I don't think it's FDA approved, um, so I don't want to go That's down. Scary. For any, you know? Most most good things are. <laughs>